We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back in to the Road of His Overtime podcast as we draft against the Road of His Overtime community. 11 other drafters in this room with us over in the Superflex tournament at the FFPC. $35 entry, 10,800 teams and a shot at $50,000. One of my favorite contests, Sean, to play in. And we are true seven rounds. We do get our quarterback in the first round with Joe Barrow. We have John and Taylor and Andre Stevenson at the running back position. We have T. Higgins, Chris Godwin. Jahan Dodson then at wide receiver along with Kyle Pitts as our tight end so team is setting up to give us a lot of flexibility as the rest of the draft continues obviously in a super flex format a little bit light at the quarterback but we have lots of options as quarterbacks have fallen a little bit in this draft but they also you know we're in a zone here now where there's a lot of guys that we do like so we'll see what plays out over those last couple of picks Sean at the back end of the draft, you are correct. At that seven turn, we get Russell Wilson going off the board. We get Kyler Murray going off the board. We get Bryce Young going off the board. Young was one of the players that you mentioned in the, the last round when we were at the Dotson pick. I know it was for a later consideration, but he is now no longer there. You mentioned taking Dotson with the hope that maybe that allows Howell to get back to his end this round. We'll see if that turns out to be correct. George Pickens just goes off the board. The other part of the conversation was those Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers in that last round so Deontay Johnson and Pickens now off the board but the likes of uh, DeAndre Swift still available as the draft picks have gone on I think you know the Dawson pick I'm still good with that selection over the, the Steelers wide receivers but the part that you mentioned about potentially playing out to get Howell back is Howell the clear-cut pick for you if he makes it another three selections I think so. Although there are names here that are tough to pass on. Mike Evans would then give us the setup to take both Baker Mayfield and then you're hoping to get Kyle Trask in the final round. DeAndre Swift, someone who would add a a lot more running back firepower. But I'm thinking potentially Howell here. And then Column. I think it would also be interesting to with the guys that we would have at that point with Pitts to get our three QB build through Desmond Ritter in round nine. So it's not just thinking through what we would give up in round eight, but potentially also what we would give up in round nine. What are your thoughts on kind of projecting out into the ninth round and hitting 
a QB double tap here. Yeah, I think that might be the way to go. I was I was very much in consideration when you mentioned Mike Evans. He goes one pick ahead of us. The other player here that's really in play for me, Sean, would be potentially DeAndre Swift. But if it's not Swift, I think we're in a, a real quarterback zone here. Um, and we may not get the option to double tap a quarterback in the next round, but I, I, I'm between Swift and a quarterback. So I'll let you take the controls. Have you a strong preference either way? Well, we can't do the first OT listener league draft and grab Dotson and then not select Sam Howell. It just, it, it wouldn't feel right. So we're going to take Howell here. We're going so to. So you're saying is for the brand? This is. For the brand for the win. Right. And, the, and the other thing is, is what I what I am quite surprised about, and this is Sam Howell. We take him in the mid sixth round. He has an ADP, uh, or sorry, the mid eighth round. He is an ADP of the eight eleven. So it's it's not a case there that we have you know outlandishly reached on him. We have reached at the the wide receiver to get uh, to get Dotson, but based on how the draft has played out, not really a reach in terms of wide receiver rankings. Um, so yeah, Sam Howell is the way the way to go. I, I I'm open to the double tap Sean in the next round. I don't think it's a necessity. I think having that second quarterback now in Howell allows us to go in the direction that you know the draft board allows. So if somebody happens to continue to slide down the board, we'll be able to go in that direction. So I, I I'm I'm quite happy with how we played that out with the Dotson pick into the Howell pick. I think that worked out worked out very well. The other thing that we look at here now, and for the video folks, you can see it on the draft board for the listeners who aren't watching on YouTube. We are up to every team having two QBs except for two, and those will be the teams in the 103 coming back here and the 101. They will definitely get their choice of some of these players who have fallen. Jordan Love, still available. Column, you didn't make the case your green bay packers when we were on the clock no i didn't and the reason was i was kind of interested at the point where we did chris godwin i was thinking you know godwin maybe even christian watson at that point of the the draft that was in the mid sixth round watson did go three selections ahead so you know you, you could go the love pick and then you know try and pair him up with uh, dobbs later on but i again i know the stacking isn't essential sean but when it can be done at adp with players that you have already drafted i think it makes sense to to take the high all approach to get dots in there over you know the one-off of having love and then potentially not having a paired with anything later on the, i do feel with the the packers like you know maybe if you even have an Aaron jones but if you don't have one of those two uh first wide receivers and and dobbs or watson i think it gets very very hard to put anything with them unless you're just going naked that sounds bad naked love but uh that maybe is a strategy that people will employ this year well it'll be interesting to see how much he brings to the table as a rusher he's a big athletic qb but that's probably not going to be a big element of his scoring profile he's going to be relying on those receivers he's going to be relying on the excellent coaching staff and play calling that you get there in green bay hopefully he will decide to and We'll get a little bit of a feel, perhaps, you know, how much of this is. You want to say the play clock? Is that where we're going? Play yeah. Clock? yeah. If they could run a few more plays, we wouldn't be against that. We wouldn't be against it for Aaron Jones, for AJ Dillon, for anyone who. For anybody. Right. So the Packers have the weakness of an unproven QB, but they get out from under some of the collar of things that 
Aaron Rodgers was maybe negatively bringing to the table there. Colin, as we think through this round nine pick, and I think it's a really interesting pick from a tactical perspective, the teams in between our round nine and round 10 will all have two QBs. Two of them have three QBs. We would, though, anticipate some of them thinking in the same direction that we're thinking, where you get up to three QBs in round nine, that that's the point where you have to do it. We're going to see some of these QBs who have fallen because everyone is playing a little bit of chicken, which is smart. You don't need to be the person who takes the first guy from a tier. You're trying to get to the position where you're taking the last players before tier breaks. But once they run out, they really do run out. So I think that we will have drafters who are going after the three QB build, try and get there. Now, two of the teams that only have two quarterbacks, again, on that side, took either QB QB or QB running back QB. So basically two QBs in the first three rounds. As we mentioned from 2021, if we get a scoring profile where the top guys score and you don't get these kind of out of nowhere or out of the deep, deep ADP types of big scoring years, we have reason to believe that just two QB probably is the way to go. So there's no guarantee that all of those teams will be looking for a third, but there are enough that if we wait until round 10, I mean, there could be a penalty, but I mean, the thing that I love about OT drafters is they're going to come out of this with an extremely gutsy overall approach. Might be surprised who falls. Yeah. And the other one, now just to go through the quarterbacks that are available, ranked by current ADP, it's Stroud, Purdy, Garoppolo, Mac Jones, Ritter, Mayfield, Tannehill. Then you're into the Lance bracket and, you know, gets down into the deep, deep waters at that point. So, Realistic options left are Stroud, Purdy, Garoppolo, Mac Jones, Ritter, and Mayfield, maybe Ryan Tannehill as expected starters. So there's not a huge amount of those left, Sean, but I did mention earlier the possibility of Ritter. You mentioned even like waiting and, and seeing what happens with Baker Mayfield. At the moment, for me, they're the two targets that I would have in mind versus the available quarterbacks that are left. Are they the guys that you have available in your mind? And you mentioned the double tap. Are you still thinking about that? Or are you thinking sliding further down the line i'm thinking about you know pushing this pushing this further down the line of quarterback i think those guys are going to go the question i think would be do we more or less have mac jones in that same tier and basically my answer would be yes i'm really excited about what he brings he's one of the reasons that i'm doing a lot of late qb builds in non-super flex formats, I think that's the way to go this season. Obviously, you're taking some risk because you're betting against the community's ranks, but I really like that way to play it. Unfortunately, Colin, the other player I really thought that we had to look at here was Quentin Johnston. He goes one spot ahead of us. I don't think that there is an opportunity cost that's meaningful here that would push us to pass on QB. I think this is a pretty clear QB pick. Do you want to go quarterback? I can't make a pitch for Jamison Williams here, no? The, getting the third QB over a guy who's going to miss the first six games, I think is the Which way. quarterback are you thinking? Is it Ritter? It's Ritter. Okay. I'll I'll meet you in the middle. <laughs> okay. So Ritter, Colin was on board for Brock Purdy, Mac Jones. The other thing, Sean, that that allows as far so as that's a, I, and I know it's a third stack though. So each of our quarterbacks, we have a paired option uh, that puts Ritter in with, with Kyle Pitts, which again, 
at the price and at the the players available at this particular point is an, is another thing that I think is setting this team up pretty well. So just to have a recap and then we'll get Sean's thoughts is our quarterback so far are Joe Burrow, Sam Howell, Ritter. So we're betting into that second year, you know, players stepping up that again we can say limited either way for sample size or opportunities last season as rookies, but I think uh, there should be a lot more to it this year. We'll we'll at least get to see if they they sink or swim. We have Sam Howell and Ritter as those second options. And then we have Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson at running back, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Don, uh, Jahan Dotson at wide receiver, and Kyle Pitts then at tight end. Uh, if Quentin Johnson had lasted one more pick, Sean, are we, at, are we at our fourth wide receiver versus our second quarterback, our third quarterback, I guess, is my question. And then the the last part is, is how are you feeling overall about the start and the kind of flexibility it should let us have moving forward here in the, the rest of this draft? Yeah, if Quentin Johnson is still there, I think we push it and see what the other drafters do. His upside is just so immense. But, Colin, I have to say that I love this build. You mentioned that we have receivers or the tight end with Pitts to go with all three of the quarterbacks. That gives us more outs when we think of advancing through those playoff weeks. The ideal advancement now through the tournament would be to have different players hit in different weeks so that we don't have huge overlap with the other finalists that's something to think about i love the fact that you have those two star running backs and jonathan taylor and Ramondre stevens i love the fact that we have three wide receivers even in this wide receiver heavy draft that we feel very confident and very strongly about we've taken that risk on kyle pitts but we've put it with this idea that desmond ritter and the falcons are going to emerge as a more exciting and competent team in 2023 one of the things that is sort of implied that we do want to go back to from time to time and think about here when we're building these best ball tournament teams as your team needs to tell a story that is a coherent story and is internally consistent will allow you to win a tournament if things go right i think that this is the perfect style of team for that maybe it's a team that has a little better chance of finishing either in the top two or in the bottom half. I mean, we're drafting with elite drafters here from the OT community, so maybe a little more chance to fit in the bottom half than usual. But if your structure works, even when you miss on a lot of things, you'd be surprised how high you finish. But again, the goal is to to win. And I think that this is the type of team that wins tournaments. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So since that last selection, Sean, it is Zay Flowers, Brandon Cooks, uh, Damian Pierce, CJ Stroud, Dalvin Cook, who obviously recently released by the Vikings. We get Javante Williams, Jamison Williams, Maje P. Ryan, and then James Conner. So over those last seven picks, we've got five running backs off the board. So a little bit of a, a running back run there. It is an interesting area, Sean, as we approach this section of the draft. You know, for me, this would be an ideal spot for for targeting that third. Basically, the the dream scenario here was to you know get Quentin Johnson then to get Ritter here, but obviously that's not going to be possible. We are now into that tenth round. A little bit of a, a potential flat area here uh, coming up in the draft. Who are some of the the prime targets here for you? I think there's a couple over the next two, three rounds. You mentioned this. I don't know if it was in the preview show or on this this show. Some interesting tight ends in this zone. Some interesting potential zero running back kind of characters in here. The likes of a Charbonnet, maybe a, a Khalil Herbert. We talked a little bit about the Packers. We have AJ Dillon in here, Rashad White. You know, there's, a, there's a couple of names in here that could potentially be interesting, but tight ends then the likes of Dulcich, Laporta, uh, Everett, you know, that, that go over these next couple of rounds. How are you thinking about playing out here over the, the next, say, two rounds or three rounds? Well, Tim took the two guys we really wanted there at the turn in Javante Williams and Jamison Williams. Thanks, Tim, for that. Yeah, that could hurt him when we talk <laughs> about being able to make it through, right? Yeah. And yet, those are the upside plays that win tournaments. I think you have to like it from that perspective. Colin, when I'm looking here, this is a flat area. I do think that Elijah Moore is well separated from everybody else. He's a guy who was fantastic in college, had extremely impressive peripherals as a rookie, and then gets just absolutely destroyed by not just the the play of Zach Wilson, but also then the politics that he gets into with his team. He moves now. I think he's got a great chance to outscore Amari Cooper this season. I think he's pretty straightforwardly a couple rounds above everybody else on my board. Okay, and we'll take him. He's somebody that Sean has mentioned on a number of podcasts recently. Did Sean have one of the YouTube videos where – Somebody did not agree that he was going to outscore Amari Cooper this year, let's just say. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think there is a a good possibility of that. And the thing here is the range of outcomes. There's a chance that Elijah Moore ends up getting cut and isn't on the roster come week one, but there's a stronger chance that he is there and he is, at minimum, the wide receiver two on this offense. So we have seen his talent. We've seen since he came into the NFL, but he's been in a tough situation with the Jets and how things have have played out here and last year was a little bit just of a, a train wreck for his entire season but we'll see how it plays out when when we look at players sean by adp that were available there i mentioned some of the running backs you know even the likes of a, a dalton Schultz, dalton kincaid are in that range uh brian robinson so there is other options but at wide receiver like you mentioned he was by adp the third wide receiver so when we're looking at how the board is running through the wide receiver position at this particular point Juju Smith-Schuster was the next wide receiver. Then we had Michael Thomas. Then we had Elijah Moore. Those other two guys still available, but the wide receivers available at this point to run down the list a little bit further is Lazard, 
Odell Beckham Jr., Rasheed Rice, uh, Jacoby Myers. Then you're into Zay Jones, Adam Thielen, Sky Moore. So there's a little bit of a, a tail off there. Um, so I, I think that's a, a smart place to take that to give us that additional wide receiver. See what happens then with some of those running back names potentially that I mentioned coming back to us. But it is a little bit of a flat zone. So there is going to be points here where we are going to be taking that little reach forward to, to see what happens and, and who we take. So let's see how it's going to play out. Since our pick, we get White off the board. That's Rashad White, Khalil Herbert, Mac Jones. And then we get Isaiah Pacheco, Brock Purdy. Tight end, Sean, might be a, a play here in this next round. Or again, are you looking to, to push that out a little bit? No, I think if Dalton Kincaid comes back around, that becomes very interesting. We're not going to end up with a lot of him in all likelihood, and yet this would be the right format and the right draft probably to get him in. And then we're not that far away from a real run of potentially dynamic tight ends. Colin, we have to put, put, point out here that I mean, what we guessed, which is that some of these drafters who hadn't gone QB early would take them on the back half that turned out not to be true. As you mentioned, CJ Stroud, the only guy who went, they come back through and the teams out of the 101 and the 103 who waited on QB. This was a magical run for them. Donnie, who loved bowling, gets Mac Jones as her, his third QB. The work outing gets Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo as their third, second and third QBs. Those teams have gained so much value by having the guts to wait at the QB position and then hitting on guys who just make a lot of sense. Like I just don't have that much of a gap between those players and the guys who are going in say round four. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and that has worked out. It's going to be interesting, you know, when the draft is over to recap some of these teams to see how the strategies played out as the draft boards progressed here. But the last couple of rounds, Sean have been very <laughs> thought provoking. There's a lot of mental gymnastics to go through to try and really, you know, competing against, People who, as I mentioned before, know your thoughts, kind of know the steps that you want to take, and they're plotting it out ahead of you. So as that little bit of extra intrigue, a little bit more of a challenge to what we're we're trying to do here. But you mentioned some of the dynamic tight ends that may be coming up. There is some wide receivers in here who are of interest, but I, I really feel like there's a potential here of Kincaid last that we could see a tight end, tight end, back-to-back, or two tight ends in the next three rounds here potentially, because I could see a run coming up at the tight end position but i do feel like this is a zone where running back and tight end are, are very interesting there's a couple of wide receivers i mentioned rice myers then i think you know zay jones had a, a great season last year a little bit more competition there with ridley this season but then you're into you know the, the conversation with rice and also with uh, sky Moore would be you know the the week 17 match versus the Bengals, uh, who we obviously have Burrow and T. Higgins. So I think it's getting getting quite interesting here. And I mentioned Dobbs earlier. So are they kind of the players that that you're looking at here at wide receiver and then the rest are going to be running backs or tight ends over the next three rounds? Well, really, I don't know that I like anybody here at receiver. I prefer to target guys who are pretty late. I mean, Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore both vaguely in this next group we wouldn't be surprised at all if a receiver from the chiefs broke out and it'll be a great fit with our Bengals players there dobbs somebody who has been generating some internal buzz with the 
Packers. I think that that portion of it is interesting. But Colin, this to me looks like a running back and tight end area. We're going to get one of the two guys that I really want here. Now, Charbonnet was an interesting kind of contrarian pick where his ADP is in the 10th. He goes in the 11th. We come back through here, though, and the other running back that I really like is Rashad Penny. When we think about someone who you know, could put up almost 100 points <laughs> across the three playoff weeks, I mean, Penny is a name that jumps out. The thing that do- did just happen, though, is Sam Laporta went. We know that Dalton Kincaid is not going to last far beyond that. I think that taking the running back here with some of the other tight end options and because we went Kyle Pitts early is probably the way to go. But if you have a strong preference for Kincaid, I can certainly see that. No, that's the way to go. But um, I think there's, I was hoping Laporta wasn't going to go there. I was hoping that we would see him push down because I was targeting him in that next round, hopefully. But um, when we look at the running backs that are available, it's AJ Dillon, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, who is also interesting. Gibson, you know, we'll see what happens when we get back in that that next round if he happened to be there and the, the tight ends aren't there. But then you're into Jamal Williams, Damian Harris again, who's a little bit interesting, Kendry Miller, Jarek McKinnon. But you're starting to really start to drop down some tiers then when it's getting into this point. So I think looking there, I, I think AJ Dillon, depending on what the Packers will do this year, has the potential to maybe have a similar effect to Penny. But I think penny's upside in that eagles offense is is really really high and obviously we love deandre swift but i think there's there's been much worse running backs than both of those guys in that backfield scoring a lot of fantasy points over the last couple of years and we also know that both of those guys struggle to stay healthy so if it ends up being one of those guys being being the main man and, and at certain points the upside is is just huge so penny with the just crazy peripherals every season the ability to break tackles the ability to break long runs in that eagles offense if he were to stay healthy as you mentioned if we get some games where it's one or the other the other thing here column is just that boston scott and kenneth gainwell probably not completely going away and i mean there may this be... roster is going to have 10 running backs on it come week one <laughs> well i mean those four guys are going to definitely be an issue that 2022 season would suggest that you're going to have some drives where penny and swift alternate with electric 20 and 25 yard runs the eagles don't pass at all destroying the hearts and minds of all the aj brown Devontae smith managers and then they're going to get down to the one yard line and boston scott or kenneth gainwell is going to come in you got to get boston scott on the on the goal line when you can you've got to and then just everyone on earth is upset about that particular drive from the Eagles. But if you score enough points, there are a lot of points to go around. We're going to bet on elite talents. We're going to bet on them having the right timing in any given year to win us a tournament. Again, I I love the tournament element of the players that we've selected so far. And again, I would go back to saying Elijah Moore just – an undervalued player sean as we do these drafts obviously we're on the ffpc and you know the the dashboard and so on on the website i can see the the comments coming through um from some of the the questions but i I have seen a number of people saying that they're watching the clock and you know we're running down to to zero zero one here a lot but they were they they have they have the understanding that it's just to 
try and see you know if I can get in some thoughts for the picks as you follow Buster. But I think today we've the big advantage on the FFPC versus the underdog side is we both have access to the the draft. So for anyone out there feeling you know concerned or sorry for me today, don't worry. It's a it's a really pleasant draft experience. The, the tricky part of these drafts is not the clock running out; it's uh, the competition that we're drafting against. So this has been a, a pleasure so far. We are three picks away though, Sean. Since our last selection is Mayfield Tannehill, we get Everett, Dalton Schultz, AJ Dillon. Uh, Antonio Gibson I'm just holding out here there's one pick to go Sean one name here that I'm not going to say has not gone off the board it's Michael Thomas Trey Lance Jacoby Myers Damian Harris Chiggs Aconco Kincaid hasn't gone off the board Sean will he make it this one more pick I think if he does I think that has to be the, the selection it would be it would be a little bit crazy but I mean you get those drafts from time to time Aconco somebody who has in ADP in that same oh and we do get Kincaid at that spot so not not a surprise not a surprise that was the pick that made sense there but Colin we do have to now go down to the next kind of batch of players I don't know that any names jump out once Kincaid is off the board no and you mentioned at the last pick not being overly intrigued at the wide receiver options but that is kind of where it feels like we are into here the only other player sean a tight end there is two tight ends but it's cole Komet and greg dulcich that i would make a pitch for here if we want to stick to tight end yeah i don't think it's ever too early to hit someone like kendra miller who's another type of win the whole thing type of selection but dulcich in his own way probably a better selection than kincaid you could argue that maybe there'll be less competition are you okay with dulcich here yeah, yeah. So Dulcich also, I mean, very similar types of players in terms of how their build coming into the NFL. We watched last year how when Dulcich was healthy, he was extremely dynamic. Coaching staff loved him. They forced some targets to him. He scores some touchdowns, gets hurt again. Then there was this question of with the new coaching staff, was he going to have the same role? You have Albert O there, and anytime the coaches get to see him and his athleticism and fluidity at the tight end position, they're pretty blown away. But as OTAs have occurred, some practices have happened, coaches have gotten to see Dulcich from the new Sean Payton staff. They seem to be, again, blown away by Dulcich. In a lot of ways, it's really taking that same type of pick and getting the guy who has the year's experience and will be ready to potentially make that jump. I talk all the time about Blair's research on breakout performance and when we would expect to get that you do get that a lot from second year tight ends and i mean dulcich is the style of player where if it breaks the right way we could be looking at a game plan here that is very much a jerry judy dulcich and then hopefully marvin mims this team could be far more dynamic as a result emphasizing those guys the question always comes back to Russell Wilson and if he is as washed as he looked last year again it's not just one thing that he does wrong he has a lot of issues with being a competent NFL quarterback at this point he's going to be managed better by the new coaching staff you're going to get better play calling and yet just managing a quarterback it's the NFL right if the guy can't play he can't play it's going to be a problem that's the thing that we're hoping to see because obviously we have some exposure to those other names that I mentioned as well yeah I, I would agree on all that and Dolce is just somebody who I feel should be going you know ahead of this tier the reason they're so interested in Kincaid is 
that is you know almost a two and a half round discount in terms of where his ADP went. He went behind a lot of tight end players there that he would be usually ahead of. So would have been very hard to pass him up. Dulcich is is one of my key tight end targets when we're getting into this kind of eleven through thirteen range. You know, I did mention Komet, who is interesting. Michael Meyer just went off the board. We get Laporta, so we get a lot of these young guys, I guess, who haven't either had the chance to prove it in the NFL or haven't proven it. And we've seen, like for example, a Conquo last year, some really really nice games. You know, with somebody coming into the the NFL. So we'll see what he can do this season. But there's a few names in here that I think can be in that ascending. We're starting to get a lot of veterans in that elite tier, the likes of Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, even Hawkinson leaning towards that now. Darren Waller still going in the sixth round. A lot of more veteran players, uh, Evan Ingram, for example. So we, we could see a lot of these guys start to push up if they have big performances this year and, and overtake some of those names that I did mention. So, yeah, I think uh, nice there to pair him with Pitts. We'll see then what we can do throughout the, the rest of the draft here, what other options come up at tight end but i think it was a nice spot to, to get to get a tight end on the board looking sean then you mentioned miller he he may get back to us here and i, I think if he gets back to us it's gonna be gonna be hard to pass him up at, the, at this particular moment in time um all those wide receivers that we can not all of them but the the two kansas city guys is more what i'm trying to say that we were talking about with the stacking element of it rice and more they are both still available uh rashawn johnson brian robinson can end this zone so we are going to have options. We're one pick away. Marvin Mims, Zay Jones, Rondell Moore all going off the board as well. That's a, an interest kind of trio of wide receivers in the 13th round of a draft like this to have an opportunity to, to get on your roster as well. We won't have that opportunity, but um, yeah, interesting there. The last four wide receivers, Sean kind of touched on some of the names earlier, but Jacoby Myers, Dobbs, and those three, that 12th, 13th round. And, and this is 12th and 13th round in this draft. You know, you're probably getting those guys just a, a, a little bit later in a, a regular draft, but nice names to have the option to, to get in a draft like this. Yeah, you're going to have some players like Mims and Moore who are going earlier here, and they're going to just roar up the board in this FFPC Superflex format over the next month. So you shouldn't worry when you select them early in your particular draft. Colin, I think that the Sky Moore selection with the potential second-year breakout is really interesting there. It would be surprising if he does absolutely nothing for them this season, and that pick makes sense structurally in two ways, in that adding to the receiving core is something that we need to do. So between him and Miller, I think those are probably the two main names that we're looking at right here. Yeah, have you more well ahead a, a race in terms of who you want for the Chiefs? With similar elements to their profile, it just seems like taking the guy who has been there has already year. gone through yeah. the growing pains probably makes the most sense. Let's do it. The challenge of a draft like this, and uh, you know, each pick that goes by, I'm you know, find that edge to try and find a wide receiver that we, that we can draft. Uh, when we go through it, you know, with John and Taylor with stevenson we are now 13 picks through the draft that was somewhere where we could have potentially gone with miller who we talked about at the previous pick but that would have left us with just four wide receivers through 13 selections so when you have three quarterbacks in there when you have two tight ends and then you have your uh three like we, we've only drafted the three running backs but it can make it a little bit tricky to to flesh out that wide receiver position so um yeah 
Miller goes off the board. You mentioned Miller earlier, Sean, and you're always much, much more in touch and in tune with these rookies and what to fully expect them coming into the NFL. What's, what is your, your keynotes on, on Miller here for 2023? Well, Miller is extremely controversial and that a lot of college football watchers think that he has the big playability, that profile, that athleticism where he can stop and get going and get to full speed very quickly. He has the long speed. And then there are a bunch of scouts who think that he's a little bit more of a grinder, a little bit more of a plotter, somebody who benefited from TCU's offense. Because we don't have testing on him with the injury, it's hard to really add too much onto that, especially again, when he only has the one big year there for TCU with playing behind Zach Evans the previous season. Now he's very young coming into the NFL. That's a big deal. His performance last year was elite. The peripherals with the broken tackle numbers, the evasion rate, those things are very encouraging. And then he goes into this offense where he's going to have a chance to play with a team where you have Jamal Williams, who's just a guy, and you have Alvin Kamara, who it seems like has a chance for a huge suspension, right? If it ends up being a three or four game suspension, it's probably not a big deal. If it ends up being an eight game suspension, then you have a chance for Miller to take the lead role and never look back. You want to be a little bit careful that you don't start drafting him in every single draft. That's one of the reasons why he passed on him here, but he is one of those guys where when things break the right way, you're looking at league winning upside. Yeah, the Kamara, the Kamara suspension, that seems to be something that is like, you know, ongoing. I know it's it's not. It feels like that has been a ongoing forever at this point, but it, it, it isn't really. But we should have some outcomes on it, hopefully, in the near future. But, Sean, two more selections before we get to us. We do see, since that last pick, Brian Robinson, Odell Beckham, Kendry Miller, who you discussed, Juju Smith-Schuster, Irv Smith, Rishi Rice, Trey McBride, Mingo, Nico, uh, Nico Collins, then Michael Gallup, Tanks Bigsby. One more pick before we go. Mike Gesicki in the queue, Roshan Johnson in the queue, Take One Thornton, who's always a favorite in the queue. Um, by playing the ADP game, it feels like this one really should be uh, Johnson. Somebody who's always been a favorite, Sean, and we haven't really talked about this year, uh, Devin Singletary kind of goes in this range. He's now down with the Houston Texans. Any hope for our boy? Devin Singletary in 2023 as we are on the clock now as Jalen Warren goes off the board. There's hope. There's always hope, but he's not in the not conversation here. I don't think we're looking at probably Mike Gesicki, Tyquan Thornton, Curtis Samuel, the player I really wanted to get back through and probably we should have just taken instead of Sky Moore in the last round was Trey McBride. That would have given us the three tight ends that you really need to make your structure work in this format, the more tight ends, the better, especially if those guys can score, which we think that Trey McBride probably would have. Mike Kosicki, a much more controversial pick in some ways, and yet his path to playing time straightforward, his athleticism off the charts. Supposedly, he's flashed in a huge way in OTAs. He is more expensive here than he is in some other formats. So you might just target him in those formats. But Colin, we need a third tight end. Kosicki, Thornton, Samuel, we've got 10 seconds. Let's go with Thornton. So Colin the way? I, I mentioned I mentioned if there's still hope for Singletary. I know you think there's still hope for Mike Gesicki, but we must be getting well, that candle must be getting burnt pretty thin at this point for for that. So Gusecki. you're out. You're out on Gesicki. I'm not out, but I just I've been in a long time. 
I, I do think there's still hope. I, I guess I'm just not as in, you know, that offense last year with such high hopes that he was going to kind of fit into the Shanahan offense kind of a style and uh, fit in as the, the kettle. And we, we know how frustrating it has been sometimes for kettle for games that he may not see targets, but that was a, a tough run last year for, for Mike Kosicki. I do think it's interesting. The one thing, Sean, that knocked me off it there, and I don't know if this would matter at all to you, is the week 11 by with Kyle Pitts would have been matched up and then that would leave us with the, you know, Dulcich if anything happens, you're taking a zero there. Is that something that you're looking at here at this particular point? I do have some names still that I, I like at tight end after that point was the other reason. And and when we look at wide receiver, there's some interesting ones, but nothing that's really leaping out. The one that I was also tempted by there was Curtis Samuel. And that obviously would pair into the, the Dotson Howell Samuel side of things, but I think you wanted to go Gusecki there and he goes in the next pick. Uh, Thornton. Well, I think we should have taken Trey McBride in round 13 and not risked it. Then it would have not been really an issue. I guess I don't have other names other than Noah Fant late. And Noah Fant is the. I mean, he seems a lot more blocked than Gusecki is. So we'll see kind of how that portion of it develops it is good to, though to have a target who will go very late which Fant probably will his adp is in around 17 again you get a lot of tight ends drafted in this because of the tight end premium because they are so viable for that flex spot and because if you get locked out of the top guys you need a lot of volume to make sure you just don't get completely destroyed at the tight end spot uh, in isolation so we're going to well, see the, tight ends continue the... to go here yeah, what what's the block? You know, you, do you think Hunter Henry is not somebody who's going to potentially block? I, I just think that we we've seen this over the years with the Patriots that it gets so murky with positions. Uh, we, they they are just filled with wide receivers. They're they're filled with uh, a couple of tight ends there as well. I, I just don't know if we see him like just completely wipe out Hunter Henry, who is you know a red zone target from last year. And I think Hunter Henry, you mentioning that, that's a good point. He's somebody who is more or less not going. He's got 19th round ADP. That part, I think, is also absurd. With the offense being more functional this season, we would expect him to bounce back. He's a good late pick, probably a better pick in relation to ADP than Gasicki is. The two guys basically play different positions. So the question always comes down to whether Gasicki's position is going to factor into the offense because they really only have Tyquan Thornton and Gasicki as dynamic threats, I think that it will, but the concerns that you raise always valid with someone like a Mike Gasicki. So you kind of talked me around to it. I think that we have Fant and Henry as interesting options. Late Luke Musgrave, your Green Bay reach pick. Sean, there's one other draft. name that I always pitch in here. And Sean's never taken me up on it yet as somebody who could have anything at the tight end position. Sean, who is that name? I guess I'm not even really sure because I don't like the rest Kate of the games here. Otten. Okay. We yeah. have to get on the, the Otten trend. How long? Uh, I mean, they, this is a team that has two of the best receivers in the entire NFL and no QB. One of the worst quarterbacks. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like a great situation for him. So Curtis Samuel does go. That was the name I was really looking at there. We get Donnie Hula bowling wipes out both Chuba and Curtis. So... Um, Johnny, who loves bowling, has certainly got his uh, airtime on this episode of the show. Well, because it's the perfect draft, so that's what 
So that is our 14th selection in the books for this draft. And I think it's a perfect place to put a little bit of a pen in it. We'll come back with another episode to run through the remainder of the draft through the 20th round and see how we let things play out. Do we get a tight end that we're hoping to get? Do we do we miss out on that? You'll find out on that episode, along with some interesting rookies coming up in those conversations particularly at the running back position. So check that episode out. Make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. You'll get all these shows once they are released. That is the quickest way to get each and every one of these episodes. And as always, we would appreciate if you can drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app. We've received some wonderful reviews over the last couple of weeks, and I'm planning to uh, start to read out some of the reviews on the episode. So drop that written and review, and we may get you a shout-out on an upcoming Road of His OT show. Really enjoying this draft so far in a tough room against tough competitors from the Road of His Overtime community. Thanks again to all 11 drafters competing against myself and Sean. But until we are back for the third and final part of this draft, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work on rotoviz.com. And until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>